Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 91 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here as always with Ethan Cardwell. Cards, how's it going, man? Been a while. Yeah, I was just about to say it has been a while, so I don't know. It feels good to be back on the air. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was definitely like, I, I feel like we kind of didn't plan the break for the episodes, but I feel like it was kind of like much needed for both of us. Obviously, we, we had our Christmases. Um and we can catch up a little bit on that. So how was your Christmas? Well, my Christmas and my Hanukkah was great. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like, I didn't really, all, all it was really was just, like, um, Christmas. Like, it was just, like, a lot of food. It was just, like, dinners and stuff with, like, my girlfriend and her family. And, like, so do, do you lunch. celebrate Christmas at all? Well, my, I don't with my family, but I did with my girlfriend and her family. Right, right. Okay. No, I got some sweet gifts and stuff. Dished out a lot of cash on some gifts as well. It goes both ways, you know how it is. So, how about you? How was how was your Christmas? Yeah, actually, to kind of go on your point, I feel like there's no better feeling than like buying some someone like who means a lot to you, like something really nice, like whether it be your parents, girlfriend, whatever it may be. Like, I feel like there's way more satisfaction in giving a really nice, sick gift that you know they're gonna love. Rather, like obviously, it's a beautiful like amazing to take gifts but like to give that so yeah i know what you're saying there um but yeah but no, i like, wait to, know, to, to cut you off like and, and even build off that even more like i agree and i don't know if you feel the same way i feel like a lot of people do but sometimes i feel like guilty getting a gift like if you get a big gift do you ever feel guilty yeah like you're, like, you're man, spending you all just... this money on me or whatever like you ever like that type of thing it's just like save it like i don't know yeah no i definitely feel that way and like I feel bad for the person who's buying, but like realistically, I don't know what goes around comes around. I'm a believer in that. So you give somebody a nice gift, good things will come in whatever way they may come for you. But uh, yeah. no, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. My Christmas, as you know, went to Vegas. Um, so that was sweet. Got to see Logan Thompson play uh, one game. I, I went to two Vegas golden Knights games, got to see a David Copperfield magic show. Um, Cirque du Soleil um there's a bunch of other things too yeah oh i hit the hit top golf up um so like i was there for like five days but it was crazy man like so like time flies when you're there because you're always doing something and like you, you you're never in the hotel room laying around and stuff like that and just to walk up and down the strip go to old vegas do all those things it was like it was a really cool experience yeah it, it looked cool and um was it like was this thing planned or was it just kind of spontaneous? Because I never, I didn't even know you were gonna go. Yeah, man. Like so, basically, my parents just texted me like a few days before, and they're like, "Hey, um, don't tell your brother yet, but we're gonna be going to Vegas like the day after your break." So I'm like, "Oh, sweet! Like this is awesome." So then, yeah, sure enough, like the day or two days, or a few days before, we all got on a Facetime call while I was still in Barry, and my parents were like, "Yeah, nineteenth, as soon as he." gets back we're packing up we're going so we did that and uh yeah no it's kind of a spur of the moment thing a little uh, christmas present for my parents um a little surprise for us and uh no it, it ended up great we really enjoyed it yeah that's sweet man and we got to shout out logan thompson while you mentioned him nhl all-star like how nice. crazy is that man like just see all these tweets from coming from you sports um to now in nhl all-star like his path of trajectory still hasn't flatlined at all like the guy's just going to the moon so you called it you made an early vesna call things are shaping up very well 
for you there. I like it. I really like it now that he's in the All-Star game, so time will tell. Yeah, I made the Vesna and Rookie of the Year call on him, and I, I saw he was like second in Rookie of the Year voting, so he might even – he's in the mix. Dude, you should have placed a little bit of money on that. <laughs> I know. That would have been – Oh, that would have been a good, good parlay. Like, yeah, the, the Vesna especially, that would have been craziness. Yeah, now it's like almost too late because he has good odds. Like, oh yeah, he's he's the man. Nah. Yeah. Anyway, we let's let's keep it rolling. But yeah, I mean the 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 break was good, and yeah, the episode break it was nice to take uh to get away from all the hockey throughout the break and just like enjoy the the time off, especially because our break was nice and long. So, uh, yeah. but now we're back in the swing of things. We got a road trip coming out this weekend. Actually, we got two nights in Windsor taking on the the Windsor Lancers. So um, they're like right – they're in the top 10 in the country actually as well. So it's going to be like a big matchup for uh, the way our playoff kind of structure is starting to look. And it's getting into that football season feel where now like every game you jump around so much in the standings with like the amount of games and, and stuff like that. So it's each game feels kind of like playoffs. Yeah, I guess – yeah, for you guys, like, there's no nights off. You kind of have to win now. And I was, I was talking to a few of my buddies, obviously, as you know, we were playing in, in youth sports and stuff like that. And they were saying, like, yeah, second half. There's no, like, hey, Christmas, second half, like, dial it in. Like, you got to be dialed all year. And then once the Christmas break's over, it's like, okay, we got the final stretch here before playoffs. And we don't win, we're done. Yeah. I mean, we have 10 games left until playoffs, man. We're, yeah, we're like, great, that man. close. <laughs> yeah. I still – got 34 or something like that and you guys only got 10 that's actually wild but uh yeah i guess so i mean it's tuesday night as we record this tuesday at 12 was the ohl trade deadline um we saw a couple moves go down uh like shane wright but we'll talk about before that some some barry stuff barry made some moves picking up Braden hache um who's an nhl drafted defenseman uh brant clark an NHL defenseman coming back. So mm-hmm. what's up in Barry? Uh, fill us all in. Yeah, actually, I got a new roommate too. So you missed uh, you missed one of the other uh, newest players of the Colts, uh, Tyler Savard, son of Mark Savard and coach mm-hmm. of the Spits. And uh, Savvy came from this too. So he's, he's having a great year. He was a point per game up there. So a good pickup for us. A guy who plays with a lot of grit leading the league in PIMS, actually, I think. And, oh, uh, yeah. and he's on your line too. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been good so far. Um, getting him acquainted to the new house and stuff like that. So it's fun. Always nice to have a roommate, a good, good guy too. So it's made everything real nice. And then like you said, getting Clarky back, you get a top notch defender back like that. And, Sky's the limit. I mean, he's going to be logging a lot of minutes tonight and just only helping our team, especially on the offensive side of things. I mean, we all know what he can do with the puck. We just saw it in the World Juniors and stuff like that. So to be able to bring that back to our blue line is something pretty special, and we're lucky to have him back. And then another big addition in the Hache trade, I mean, you get a guy who's solid on the blue line, um, good defensively, takes care of things, and is tough and big and plays physical you can't really complain about that in the ohl so i think there's not a lot of d who kind of play his style anymore and i think now we got two of them in connor Ponnet and him uh, um so we're really excited for that and yeah like you look at our decor now i i, I wouldn't take uh, any other decor in the league for sure i think we got 
uh, one of the best and I'm really excited about it. So although uh, we may not have landed the big fish, I think all these pieces add up and, and sometimes the, the pieces you accumulate to make your team better actually pay off more than spending a million picks and players just to go out and get one player. I think character goes a long way. Yeah, so like you said, the big fish, Shane Wright to Windsor. Um, it was a big trade. Like, what are your thoughts on basically Windsor and Shane Wright and all that coming back to the OHL? Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it was wild, man. Like, I think a lot of people knew Wright was going to come back to the OHL, um, but it was more like a matter of, okay, obviously it's not going to be Kingston. Where is it going to be? Um, and, and then I think, like, I think every team in the league, well, every team who's, like, competitive this year – had that like hope okay we're getting we're gonna get right this week and you see twitter start to blow up and especially with our team too like there was a lot of rumors uh and stuff on twitter like shane wright close with a berry and stuff like that or london and and it's all speculation until it's a done deal so it was a wild like speaking from my perspective just thinking about his perspective is actually crazy because I was in a whirlwind trying to figure out where he was going. I can only imagine. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, I'm going here. Nope, never mind, never mind. So um, I'm sure he's happy to get a deal done um, somewhere. And that's a big pickup for Windsor, a team that's already gotten a few real good pieces in Harrison and Holmes and a few guys from Niagara to add a guy like Shane Wright onto a uh, already stellar offensive team. I think uh, that'll definitely take them a long way. And you see, like, they obviously went to the OHL final last year all the way to Game 7. They were right there. And a lot of those guys have that taste in their mouth still, and, like, they want it. Like, and sometimes, like, they're a good team, but they probably want it more than anybody, I I would guess. I mean, I know everybody wants it, but, dude, like, to get that close and not get it. So I think they're playing with a a little extra something. So um, we'll see how how that goes. But uh, what else is up in the OHL? Before we move on, I want to talk some World Juniors. Well, let's talk quickly about the Minchikov trade. So one of the biggest prospects in the OHL right now, arguably the best D in the league. Well, Clarky is back now, so <laughs> got to say Clark. That. Um, yeah, he went for three seconds, four thirds, and two fourths, I think. Yeah, Something like that. Sounds right. It was a bunch of picks. <laughs> yeah, nine draft picks total, but to Ottawa. So Ottawa picks up him. What are your thoughts on that deal? Yeah, I mean, he's sick. I've seen a bunch of stuff, uh, like clips and, and highlights of him on Twitter, like floating around. And um, I saw, I mean, with Ottawa picking him up, there's like eight teams in the OHO that are like actually going for it, four from each side. Did you see that? Yeah, man, there's a lot of teams going for it. And then if you look at it too, like teams that maybe didn't go all in are right there too. Like it's going to be a very competitive playoff especially in the West too. Like I see, I'm pretty sure five teams from the West are in like, like all in. And one of them is going to be out in the first round just because that's how the math works. So it's, it's a crazy league. And that's why people give up and make these blockbuster trades and stuff. But I feel like if the team feels like now is their time, then you kind of got to do it, I guess. Yeah. Well, honestly, as far as I can really think back in the OHL, watching it and following it this might be the most teams i've ever seen kind of going for it in the same year i i think that 
this might be like the most entertaining playoffs ever. And I was just talking about this in the ring today at practice. There's so many teams going for it. The second round playoffs is going to be such high quality. Like these top teams are going to get knocked off. It, it'll be crazy, man. It'll it'll be second round playoffs. There will be eight teams left, and all eight teams will have a very good chance at winning the OHL championship this year. And yeah. I think you look at a team like Kitchener, and this goes to show you if you feel like it's your year, you go all in. They're in ninth place right now with a below 500 record, and they just kept adding at the deadline. So that's crazy, too. Like the, yeah. the, Those trends will be interesting to watch after the deadline. The dust is settled. Everyone has their team now. So it'll be very interesting to see who starts to trend upwards, which teams plateau and which teams fall off. It'll be, I always like to watch that after the deadline, but uh, no, it was definitely an exciting deadline. And like you said, it setting up for a real, real good quality hockey in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped to watch it. And I guess I, I have to ask you, um, you're now, now, you know, officially uh, you're finishing your OHL career as a Colt. So was there ever any doubt? Did were you on the move ever? Like any any of those conversations? Or like how did the deadline play out for you? No, it was pretty quiet for me. Um, I think I've had so much, like I've spent so much time now in Barry, um, been invested here, and and I felt like it's only fitting to finish my career in Barry, and it, it, only fitting to finish with this group of guys. Like it, we got a great group in that locker room. So not for a minute did I ever want to leave or anything like that so it was uh and then i I, i'm hoping um but i'm assuming that they wanted me around too and obviously they did so um it worked out well in both ways and yeah no i never heard a single whisper even about me so that was nice because i know some deadlines and i learned that when i was younger too uh can be a little bit more stressful so pretty easy going one for myself personally and i was just excited that we've got the new guys that we have yeah okay now let's take it into some world juniors but actually before we do uh let's tee up our guest we uh you can tell by the title of this already but we got maverick bork on who's playing in the AHL for the texas stars he's a first round pick of the dallas stars um won the qmjhl championship last year with shawinigan as the captain there tore it up with like an insane number of points over two points game in the queue yeah, over two points per game in the queue, just nuts. So um, it was a good interview with him. It was really cool having him on. And he actually played with Cardsy briefly in the summer or something, U17s or whatever. We'll get into that, though, later on. And uh, that's an interview to look forward to. So we'll get that. All right, we'll talk a little World Juniors. And uh, obviously Canada won gold. So overall, I guess, Cards, overall thoughts on on what went down, the Bedard show yeah it was the bedard show as coach Shippy would say um i was watching videos throughout that man i was just crying and just like hilarious but to think about what connor bedard did over the course of the world juniors is mind-blowing like i can't even process how that happened like this is against the best players in the world from their countries all their age and mind you he's only 17 still so to see the comparison of stats too from underagers in years previous to him, his stats, like it's ridiculous. Like this, this guy is going to be a surefire superstar in the NHL, which we already knew, but just to watch his release and stuff like that and kind of see the, 
backlash maybe he was getting after game one and then to just fire the boys up. He got 13 points in two games in the next two. Um, just an absolute clinic for, from him. And it was good to see Canada win. Um, obviously, being an Ontario boy, got few guys that I knew on that team and stuff. So it's always easy to root for your friends and good to see like Clarkie get the gold there, especially after not being on the team last year. And I know he was pretty disappointed about that. So to be able to get a gold this time around, is pretty special for him. Um, and yeah, let's, let's take a peek at how many showbound alum won there. How many okay. was there? Uh, we, had- well, we got Brennan Othman, Brant Clark, um, Goudreau, Three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any more. Um, anyone else? The, now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. I think that might there there might have been one more, or not. I don't know. I I felt like we had more from last year's team. Yeah, we had but, a ton on last year's team. Yeah. Either way, um, we're definitely going to be getting you a World Junior guest here soon, so we could talk about that. Yeah, um, we're going to get a, a couple. I think from the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, and recap the whole World Juniors with them and stuff. But, uh, no, I thought it was a great tournament. I thought Czechs played amazing. Czechia, um, to see them kind of as a country who's always an underdog, to see them accomplish what they did and even push to overtime in the finals was absolutely incredible. So I thought it was a great tournament overall. Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm just thinking the fans, man. How sick were the fans in Halifax? Like, and Moncton too, but in Halifax in those final and semi-final games, I'm just thinking, oh, they were just chanting the whole time. It it was so cool. But I also agree with what you said about Czechia. And you see in, in the photos after the game, uh, not when they were on the ice, more so in the locker room, they were actually smiling, like taking pictures with their silver medals. And stuff. You know right away for them it was an accomplishment, whereas a lot of the time you, when you see the silver medal team, they're pretty upset. Like they don't want to be taking those photos in the room or whatever, but these guys were posting them. They're proud. And it is a big accomplishment at the end of the day, especially for them who um, nobody really, not a lot of people expected them to get there. I'm sure they did themselves, but um, you know, a lot of people were kind of thinking Finland, USA, Sweden, were in the mix to be in the finals and no one, a lot of people counted them out. So it's, it's cool. That's what grows the game. Um, Another thing that's growing the game I don't know if you've seen this, but the Team Ukraine U25 has been taking on Canadian universities. Uh, how are they How are they making out? I've seen a few clips. Like, I'm wondering how they stack up. They actually got their first win yesterday uh, against, against them. Manitoba? Yeah, Manitoba. In the Canada Life Centre where the Winnipeg Jets play in front of, like, 10,000 people or something. Like, it was a huge crowd. Um and uh, they're playing in the university games or whatever, the FISU games. I don't know what FISU stands for, but it's like the university games in Lake Placid, which start today, I believe. Um, and uh, your boy Bowlers is on Team Canada, actually, for hockey. Um, okay. So a couple guys there. And anyway, but it was cool. And their president of hockey or, or whatever the title was from Ukraine came out and said Canada has been a huge supporter of the U- Ukraine hockey and allowing them to do this has been really cool. And some of the, their guys are playing in, in like the USHL and there was one even in U sports already. So they have high level players. It's not just like yeah. a bunch of bums. Like these guys are legit. Yeah, they definitely do. And we have one of the most high end Ukrainian juniors that there is right now in Archer Cholak. And it's pretty cool. Like his, his mom's able to come now, like she's here now for two weeks. So for him to see her after a whole year, it's uh, 
it's something special and it uh it gives me goosebumps thinking about it and we had a few uh ukrainians actually sing the national anthem anthem uh, both the canadian and the ukrainian one at our game a few days ago uh, people who fled the country um during the hard times and now they're settled here in barry so very cool night uh that night when we honored ukraine and then uh for Artie. Uh, he got the overtime winner that night too. So just a little bit of icing on the cake and it was, uh, uh, it was a night. So just to add on to that uh, Ukraine topic. That's crazy. I, I saw he got the OT winner when you were talking about that. I was going to ask if it was that game. That's kind of crazy that it was that game. Honestly, it's it like was, the, one of those universe things that just made it happen. Yeah. Those are, those are, the he's not a nights. scorer. Like, right. That was his second goal of the season. I think second goal of the season, only third of his career. Yeah. Wow. So for the ones where you're like, yep. Somebody else had to had had a had a play on this. It, this just didn't happen. This was meant to be. That that is pretty crazy, man. Well, um, we can send it into the interview. After the interview, we're gonna react to some videos. We got some World Juniors clips to react to. We got some cardsy goals to react to, and then some other stuff, which will be a surprise. So stick around for that after the interview. Switch to the YouTube if you want to watch them. And if for the audio listeners, we'll do our best to describe them, but you'll you'll hear it at the same time. But before we send it to the interview, we got a little message from our friends at Manscaped, as always. So, three, two, one. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer, Go to manscaped.com and use code SHOWBOUND for 20% off and free shipping. Let us have a toast for a new year, new you, and a new you with no pubes. It's a new year, new balls with the global leaders and below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and other premium wet goods. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Reserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. If you really want to make 2023 the year to remember, make sure to try out Manscaped wet goods as well. This includes their ultra premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, and body deodorant. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up after your New Year's gym sessions. Cheers to new balls in 2023. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SHOWBOUND. Time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. All right, and let's send it over to Maverick Bork now. All right, we are pleased to welcome to the podcast Maverick Bork. Mav, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. What about you? All good. Um, before we even get into stuff, there was, I wanted to ask you, uh, maybe and jog my memory here, but did you play in the top prospects game and was it in Hamilton your year? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Cause I think, I think I met you in, in Hamilton there. Um, I was like, 
driving Tyson Forrester there and we were like pretty early. We were waiting for everyone to get there. And then we came out of the elevator um, with Lafreniere and you were, you were there. And I think you didn't speak much English probably at the time. And you said like Maverick and you just like reached your ha- hand out. I think that was you. Um, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But at that time I was not, uh, was not really good in English. So I probably just said my name and uh, left after. Yeah. And anyway, so I thought, so we, I guess we did meet once then. So there we go. So good yeah. to meet you. And, and for the listeners, you and Cardi played together, right? Yeah, yeah. like uh, a little bit like for a week, I guess, like for U17. Yeah, we did like the U17 summer thing in, in, the, in the summer. It was a good time, though. The boys had fun. Yeah. Was that the team that Hendrix Lapierre was on? Yeah. 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 Okay. There we go. We are got you, a couple are, of those. Are you a Lappy buddy? Like, are you guys close? Um. Yeah, we we chat uh, chat kind of a lot, and uh, every time we, we got a chance to to be ki- to, together, like in uh, hockey stuff and those stuff, like we hang out a lot. But uh, he's like in the summer, he's more like uh, in Montreal, and I'm more like in Quebec City, so we don't see uh, see each other often. But uh, yeah, we we kind of chat sometime. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like you're rocking the mustache goatee look. A lot of people are starting to do that now, but I I never thought it was like a great look. Like, what's with that? Oh, I'm with I, it. I love it. I honestly had the kind of like the beard, and I just changed it like today, like last night. So we came back from the road, so I just changed it. Uh, to be honest, I just don't like uh having beard, so I just like the this thing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Maybe you think like, it'll get you a, an overtime winner, just like in the World Juniors. What's his uh? Why, what, uh I'm forgetting his name. He was rocking one too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you gotta maybe. be looking the part, Rask. I, I don't know. I think Rask, you're you're trying to get to look too old and grizzled here. Just go with the go with this look. Maybe you'll you'll move up a couple leagues just like that. Maybe for playoffs we switch it up. Anyway, enough enough facial hair talk. We we don't want Cardi to feel left out. So oh, we can yeah. we can <laughs> move on. Um just how's the season going so far? Like your first full year pro after you destroyed the queue last year. How's it going? Uh yeah, it's uh, it's getting better. Uh kind of like uh had a had a tough t- tough start. To be honest, I didn't really uh, add um a summer last summer with the Mem Cup and all those stuff. So uh was kind of like Hard for me at the start of the season and feel really in shape and uh new new place to live, live on my own and um uh, new league too. Like uh HL it's a lot different than junior. Um so it was uh, a lot of adjustment, but uh now I feel way better and um things are, are starting getting changes for, for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously the AHL is a big jump, but uh We'll get more into that later on, but we want to go back to like kind of the start of your whole junior career. And it starts with the QMJHL draft. And like for people who don't know, it's a little bit different. Like you guys have an in-person draft, just like the, like a mini NHL draft. And you went first round third overall to Shawinigan and it was, it's close to your hometown there. Right. So do you want to tell us a little bit about like that day and like how excited you were that it was Shawinigan? Yeah. So like you said, our our QMJHL draft were like the mini NHL, and my my QMJHL draft was in the Shawinigan, so uh, where I got draft. So like the the rank was kind of like full, and um, if I remember, Shikutimi had the first pick, and uh, they end up dra- drafting uh, Lappy, mm-hmm. and 
second pick was St. John. And I remember being in the stands and I was so nervous because I didn't want to go St. John at that time. I'm like, fuck, the, the third pick is right right here in Shawinigan. And uh, so I was kind of like nervous to uh, getting picked to St. John and because uh, I didn't like, for sure, I would have liked to, to be there. But at the same time, I was like, let's go third in Shawinigan. And I finally end up there. Um, like I said, the draft was in Shawinigan too. Like the, the fans were were kind of nuts in, in Shawinigan. So uh, yeah, I finally uh, passed my, my four four years there. And uh, we end up winning the President Cup. That's uh, that's the thing that Shawinigan never did it in the past. Um, so yeah, it was a hell of a round. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you guys like had a unreal team there like that year. And I think we're going to get into it because we want to talk a little bit about that run and stuff. But um, like, so you're saying you don't want to go to St. John there. Um, So like, did you know, like if you had go like to number three to show again, like it was a done deal, they were taking you for sure. Uh, No, no. So, but like to, to just clarify that the St. John thing, like for sure I will have like, I would have liked to go there, but at the same time, like I kind of like had a preference with Shawinigan, and mm-hmm. I think with Shawinigan it was like between me and uh, Patrick Gay um, at that time. So I think it was like pretty close, but it was not like a done deal. Like I, I was still like nervous because I, I knew like it was not sure that I was going there, but um, and I finally end up there. So yeah, yeah, things worked out well. Yeah, yeah and I, you don't have to worry about upsetting any St. John fans because not to rub it in your face, but they got the last laugh, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um no. but no, anyway, like yeah, we will get into that that championship season. But I just want to talk about your rookie year in Shawinigan. And uh you stepped in and you had just under a point per game in your first year. I got it down here. You had 54 points in 64 games. So like how was the adjustment to that level, if any, you know, you were so dominant as a rookie. Yeah, my first fifteen game maybe was was different, but after after that I kind of like step up. But uh, my team was like really 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 bad, uh, so I kind of like had the chance to to play a lot my first year, so it helped me a lot. But we only had like fourteen fourteen win and sixty uh, something games. Um, but in playoff, we almost upset the the Juan Aranda Husky who finally uh, won the Mem Cup that year. So. It ended up well, but my first year was uh was different. Like I was playing a lot, doing good, but the team was was not doing good. But uh, I think we we learned a lot from from that year. You did you guys take them to six games in that series? Yeah, yeah. So was two two, and the fifth game was in in Shawi, and we're like up nine nine zero on the shot, one zero on the game, and the window broke. So we end up going back in the room only like ten minutes, ten minutes left in the first. But us as a young team, we're like, oh, like let let's go, let's go, we got this. And but the the other team, like they were way way much older than us. So came back on the ice and they beat us like seven two or something. Um, uh, but yeah, we 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 brought them in six games that year. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. actually. That's pretty good. But sometimes too, when you have like a, when your team's not like doing amazing, like it's, it's not a bad thing for a young guy. Like, and that's why you always see this like in junior hockey teams, like load up and then they're young guys. That's how they get good. And then they get traded eventually and stuff like that. But, um, want to talk about your draft year 
Um, so your second year in the league and you put up 71 points in 49 games, um, which is really, really good. And, uh, ended up going first round to the, uh, Dallas stars. So like, do you want to talk about that season? Obviously you had success as a rookie, but to kind of like pop off like that in your second year, um, how did it feel? And like, how, like, what did you do to like get better or was it just maturity and stuff? I think it was a little bit of both. Like I, I remember I had like a really good summer that summer. Um, and I think as a team, we step up a lot. Like uh, we were like 14 win in my first year. And after that, we, we were kind of like top 10 in, in the league. So um, we had so much fun that year. A lot of young guys were like just kind of like just explode me. And Borgo had a fantastic year at 17 too. So uh it was a lot of fun and um for sure draft year is kinda of like more pressure. Um but I just felt like everything was was working for me. Um, especially at the start of the year. I think I had like seventeen goal or something in like twenty games. So everything I was touching was going in the net. So I don't think uh I was able to complain at, at that time. I went to Subway series, top prospect game, so um that was just before covid i ended up being injured uh by the end before covid but um i think it was like probably my my favorite season uh in junior yeah definitely and it obviously went well for you in the end at the nhl draft and stuff but going through that season and kind of obviously you're having an amazing season and you're, you're seeing yourself in all these rankings and you're getting the promote, you're like, you're going to the top prospect games and you're hearing, Oh, maybe you could go here. Maybe you could go there. Like, how did you kind of deal with the expectations and like the pressure of the draft? Um, For sure. Sometime I was high, but sometime like I had a couple of low too. Uh, I do remember after the prospect game, I had to play and she could me like the next day and I was sitting in a plane like imagining myself like already in the NHL and uh I had to play that game that night and I play like like really, really bad. But like sometime like at seventeen when you're that young, it's hard to like stay in the present moment. And I think like so I had to talk a lot with my coach. I had a really good coach. I think you maybe remember him, Daniel Renault. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was my coach in junior and he was a a guy who like talked to me a lot during during that time and sometimes like coach preferred to stay away from 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 players but he was a guy who like was really close to the players so I helped me a lot like stay focused and um, don't push too much pressure on myself because I'm a guy to like sometimes maybe put a little bit too much on me so um, sometimes was just there to to talk and like not even about hockey and just about life so it helped me a lot that year. Yeah, it's nice to have an outlet like that. And it's good advice for the the kids growing up. Don't put too much pressure on yourselves and and, yeah. and things will kind of find you on their own. But um, talk about the NHL draft a little bit. Obviously, it was during COVID, so it was virtual. But uh, what did you do that day? And uh, you want to tell us a bit about the moment you were picked by the Stars? Yeah, so it was kind of weird because I had to play some exhibition game before being drafted. So I do remember... <laughs> um, I do remember like that year, like I was playing exhibition game against Shikutimi and Shikutimi had uh, Mercer and Lapierre and like we had no fans. So it was like my first exhibition game in like four months and you know, exhibition game in junior, it's not like, uh, it's not really good. We had no fans, we had no fans and, but we had like probably like 50 scouts in the stand, like 
all all the head scout, maybe some GM. I don't know. I was so stressed for only an exhibition game. <laughs> Ended up playing like really bad. And uh, after that was my draft. So uh, uh, I don't know if it really affected. Um, but I went to my draft like just with with my family at home. Um, it was kind of like bad that we didn't have the, the chance to go to uh, Montreal. But um, end up pretty well. Uh, I had no clue before the draft where I was going to go. To go and I finally end up in Dallas. Um, I didn't really look at my cell phone during the draft, and um, like four minutes before the pick, I saw a text on my cell phone uh, saying like "Welcome to the team." But I was not sure if it was Dallas at thirty or San Jose at thirty-one. Oh, he didn't say which team he was texting you from. Oh, I I can't remember which number it was. Just said like "Welcome to the team." I'm like, uh, I'm just because like they they kind of like behind the scene like they kind of like say like which guy is going one pick before so i'm like yeah. which one is it so i was probably dallas but i i was not sure so i had to wait and finally i end up in dallas yeah that's that's pretty cool though like that then there's like major suspense on the line you're like okay i'm i at least i'm happy like i know i'm going one of these picks but i don't know which one it's gonna be that's yeah. pretty cool that's actually funny wow well especially because it was a late first round pick so were you sitting there like like I'm not gonna get drafted in the first round? Like are you starting to doubt yourself? Like now I gotta got sit through another night. Like were you <laughs> thinking those thoughts? Be honest. Uh to be honest, not not really. Like I I kinda like had the feeling I was going first round, but uh I did not really realize it because I just felt like after the sixteenth pick, like where Montreal was, uh I just felt like it went so fast. So you don't really realize it, but I don't know. I never really think about it. I was pretty sure I was going first round. Um, and uh, the next morning when I woke up, I was kind of like pretty happy that I didn't have to, to sit again in front of my screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, did you have to get all, is that the one where they sent all the, all the hats, like other yeah. teams? So did you get like yeah. 31 or 32 hats? Yeah, I st- I still like have like probably uh, half of it in my room. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty cool, I guess. But I can't. Yeah, that's crazy. They had to do that, and then and then the guys who were like the fringe first rounders that didn't end up making it. Maybe went they went second round. They get all the hats, and they don't even have to wear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah legit. That, that's pretty interesting. Anyway, I mean, moving into like your next year, you the next year in the queue. Uh, you split it like QMJHL and AHL, but you were also named captain of Schwinnigan, right? Yeah. Um, how did you find out that you were the captain? Was it, did they just tell you like in the coach room or did they do like a cool surprise thing? Uh, no, they just, uh, so my third year was COVID and uh, we were, my team was living all in the same building. My, my team bought like a big building where we can live all together. So don't, don't spread COVID. Um, so they just end up like texting me, come downstairs and I just met the the coach and the, and GM and they told me I was I was going to be captain that year. Yeah, actually, that's one of the things that uh, Max was telling me to ask. He he wanted to ask, um, what was it like living with your coaches and GM? Uh yeah. So the the GM was not living with us. So my GM okay. was like, and uh, the coach has like his uh kind of like own apartment in the same building. So we like 
didn't really see the coach like just at the ring but like when he was in the building like we were not able to tell if he was there or not so it was not like it was not like they were there every day but um it was kind of like hard to live with like all your teammates like all year long like you kind of like get bored a little bit you kind of like have your in a team you kind of like have your closest friend and like but at that time like younger guys were like seeing that the older guys were like more together but they kind of like didn't really understand at that time that this is all it is like in junior hockey so kind of like put some 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 outside stuff in the team that was bringing to the ring so was not i think the the best for us mm-hmm. well so let me ask you this you're you're the captain of the team and the leader of the team so how how do you like that's that kind of falls on on onto you a little bit you know like the dynamics of the team like did what did you do about that yeah well it was kind of like pretty hard especially like at, at at 18 I feel like in junior hockey it's more like a 19 20 years old thing and at 18 I just felt like I had the 19 years old were older than me and 20 years old were older than me so it was kind of hard to deal like in my first uh captain year and especially with with this thing like some stuff that happened like away from the ring that usually don't happen in a season because you're all in your belly and if you want to do some stuff you you normally don't invite 24 guys to just watch something in your building. So <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hard. And uh, I learned a lot from, from that year, but um, it's, it's not a year that I would like to do again. That's yeah, actually it, crazy though, because like, I can, like, I can imagine like sometimes like, even if you're on like a seven, eight day road trip or something like that, you start to get sick of the guys at a certain yeah. point. I can only imagine living with each other for months on end. You'd, you'd just be so on each other's nerves and stuff like that. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be really hard to deal with, especially as a 18 year old kid, you're just drafted. You're trying to worry about your game. Now you got to deal with like, you're basically the father of 24 yeah. other guys in a, in a room, like in a place that's nuts. Yeah. So, and yeah and like end up being like to my good friend who were like 19 and like they are a really good guy and but they were like kind of like the the two guys who like were trying to like put respect in and that that kind of like big house and trying to, to just make sure everything's fine but like some some rookie were like kind of like felt like those two guys were kind of like bit uh but at the same time like they, they did what what they have to do at that time and they they were like two really really good guys so it was kind of like bad that uh end up like on those those two guys but they had they had to like put some order in and in, in that house yeah it's like the bachelor man like at the end of the day like your your job doesn't end at the rink like you're going home and you're still yeah like you, you eat dinner you eat dinner like every night and your your teammates still there like you you probably all love your teammate but like not uh not being 24 7 with with them Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's uh, that's pretty interesting to hear about but anyway like moving forward from there i guess you you got some time in the ahl that season with with texas you got uh five points in six games there so can you just tell us about that first taste of pro hockey that you got that season yeah so that year we we had a good team we made some trade to go for it and we end up being upset in the first round so after that i went i went to uh finish the year in texas and uh just felt like the the league was not as good as what it, what it is right now with the taxi squad at that time. Like every team were missing like probably four or five forward, um, two three D men. So, uh, but what was nice to like get a touch on on the pro 
And um, I kind of like, it was my first experience there. I didn't want to do training camp at 18. So kind of like start knowing, like knowing like each other and uh, the coaching staff uh, down here after I went to Dallas for like a week. So kind of like preparing me well for like my, my first pro camp uh, after that at 19. Mm-hmm. And I want to jump into last season, your championship season in Shawit again. So obviously pretty cool for you being the captain, um, being close by team that drafted you and everything like that. And you had a crazy good year with over two points a game with 68 and 31 games played, which is like absolutely ridiculous for anybody who doesn't know stats. If you can't figure that one out and then adding on another 25 and 16 games during the playoffs as well. So you want to just quickly talk about like that season and like kind of just like you're piling on points every night like what's going through your head uh yeah so if you look at the stats and like championship like my season look look really good but it ended up like being one of the hardest season i think i played because uh i got injured like three times um went to world junior world junior got canceled to so mentally it was like pretty hard like missed like a month more than a month before christmas and a month and a half after christmas so that's why i ended up only playing 30 games but um when i was playing i was playing really good uh my team was was really really good so um and after that in playoff it's work where i kind of like enjoy like being back on the ice with with all the injury i had to deal with um and like the playoff one run was just amazing um, I don't think we had the best team on paper uh, in playoff, but like my team was just so close. Like boys were just out there, and like our third line were like probably two like seventeen years old. Who, like didn't I don't think they scored one goal in the playoff, but like they they were just too good defensively. Like they they were just enjoying like playing defense and stuff like that. So I think that that's why we won, and um, we had some older guys on defense like. Uh, Overager were like really tough, and we had some younger guys who were like on the first first PP moving the puck. So it was it was a good mix. We had two really good goalies, so um, it ended end up pretty well. We we beat the Gatineau was like fourth in the standing. Quebec was first, and Charlottetown was second. So we ended up be, beating like a lot of good team, and um, it's a year I will I will remember, especially the the playoff run and the Mem Cup. Yeah. And you talk about a team gelling and yeah, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't take the best team on paper and stuff like that. And I I love what you said about those third line guys. Like once you have guys that are buying into like what their role is and not worried about getting points and all that stuff, if you have guys that say, okay, I don't really care if I score, but if I keep goals out, I'm doing my job. So no wonder you guys had so much success and I want to know too about the, the Memorial cup experience, obviously not the way you guys wanted it to go, but you played well, seven points in four games, and you sh- just talk about that quickly. Yeah, so Mem Cup, I just felt like our team was like uh, really, really tired from the playoff run. Um, we were like kind of like banged up too at the same time. I guess it was the same thing for every team, but uh, I think we we just gave everything. Nobody was putting us like at the Mem Cup. Even at the Mem Cup, everybody was putting us underdog and. We ended up beating Edmonton, Hamilton one time and losing in OT against Hamilton was like a really, really good team. So um no, we we knew it was kinda of like our last moment as a junior player and um uh, we we really enjoyed it. 
And it, it looked like you guys had an amazing parade and a big championship party when you guys won. So do you want to talk about like that time after you guys won in the celebration? Yeah, so we were playing in Charlottetown and um we we thought we were sleeping there. Uh but we were playing at five in Charlottetown, so it was four in in uh in Sherwinigan and after the game we won and uh we were on the ice and our GM said, yeah, boys, we will uh we'll go back home. And at first, like a couple of guys were kinda of, like pissed. We were like like what the fuck? Like we were gonna go sleep at like uh three when we'll be back and um but we didn't realize it was like only like seven at night back home so by the time we fly we arrived back home like in at like probably 11 and like the airport was like packed like i, I never saw like it was just amazing uh getting out of the plane like with the with the cup and like uh all the fans our parents were, were there and um we went to my uh my gm uh I like a little place where where we can go and we end up like being like uh, probably like 100 people max like just close friends family build it and um it end up like seven eight in the morning uh every guys were were drunk and we we had a i think it was one of my my best night of my life like just being with the boys you know when when you work so hard and um especially my team like we we had like five guys at 16 were draft like at this place and uh ended up like there it was uh was nice and yeah like partying with with the gm coach and uh bail it like it's not the stuff that you used to do like in the during a season or in your junior uh except when when you won so it was uh was real fun yeah that's a cool experience yeah it's nice to kind of because you have such a relationship with like your coaches and your gm and your billets and it's all different relationships but yeah. like when you win something, everything everyone comes together and parties. It's pretty cool. It is. It is cool. And the the pictures and videos that I saw, like we're we're gonna throw it in a clip and post it. We have to. Like it it looked sick. And I know the clip you're talking about at the airport. I I I have it on my phone ready to go already. Um, <laughs> it's uh it looked sick, man. Like I can't even imagine. Especially like you said, because Schwinnigan's never won before. They've won the Mem Cup, but they hosted. Yeah, and uh, so they, yeah, so it must have just been crazy for their their fans who are so passionate. But anyway, um, like we kind of touched on earlier, you're in your first year pro now in Texas, having a good season so far. I'm just curious, heading into your first year of full year pro, like, did you do anything differently in the off season to kind of prepare for this? Um, no, not really. I just felt like I had like six week of workout during the summer. Um, I just felt like my body was was so banged up at the end of the season uh like some some wrist knee head like I just and I got sick after the mem cup so my my two week off were not really like was not a really good time to rest and uh, after that I was pushing like maybe too fast for a workout because I was like I'm gonna be late for training camp and I end up being at training camp like mentally I was I wasn't really there and not not really physically and um I didn't really have a had a good training camp and I knew I was way better than that, but I, I was not able to figure it out. Like sometimes like a, you want to make plays, but like when you, you feel like your body can can make it, like yeah, I, I didn't have like the strike I used to have, like with my skating and stuff like that. So for me, it was kind of like hard. And um, I started the season like really, really average. Um, didn't really put points on the board, was not playing that good. 
um end up being like scratch for for my first time and uh was fine because like you can figure it out by your by yourself when you know you're playing good enough to send a lineup or not and um got moved to the right right wing before christmas a, a position that i never played before so it was a lot different to um living by myself like i said before uh but i just feel like since christmas uh i feel like uh a different player i just feel like my energy is back mentally i feel good like my body like uh never felt my body that good since since a while so it, it's fun and i kind of like um enjoy playing the game again um just having having really a lot of fun right now just being on the road back home playing games and uh like like uh, the fun i used to have in the past mm-hmm. yeah it, i mean it's a huge adjustment going into pro especially living on your own like all away from the rink there's all that adjustment that goes with it and then at the rink there's all the adjustments of being a pro now so it is uh it is a big change so it's good you know it takes some some people take like take the full year to figure it out and come back the second year a beast but if you can you know get it in those first four months like it sounds like you did and now you can be a beast the second half like then maybe you you got the edge on everybody else but um has anyone on the team taken you under their wing um nothing particular but like we we have a bunch of like a good veteran uh guy like alex petrovic is played a couple like a bunch of nhl games we're really good guy our captain curtis mckenzie really good guy so um we have a couple older guys who are good and uh we don't have like a lot of younger guys um so but the the crew is is really good here and uh uh it's it's fun right now yeah yeah and how are you guys looking this year are you guys any good uh yeah i think we're like top five in the league so uh and like injury wise like everything is fine in the organization so uh i think that's why we're so consistent because our lineup didn't really change since day one here in texas so compared to like some team where like sometime we, we played those team and they're missing like five six forward couple of demon and you play them two weeks after and all those guys are back from the nhl so i think that's why we're so consistent right now and yeah you would see how like the fluctuations of lineups in the ahl and stuff like that would have a big effect on like how teams play and stuff because you could have one lineup one night and then next thing you know a couple guys get sick and five guys are gone like you said so it would make a big difference so is there ever nights where you guys are like oh perfect like the nhl team took like five guys like it should be a little bit easier on us tonight um not really because like still like every team like show up and and want to win but at the same time like um we had the best example uh the past weekend we played grand rapids and uh we beat them maybe a month ago like in in their rank like think six one and six six one boat night Mm-hmm. And we're like, not not even close, and we play play them the the last last weekend, and they end up having Nedeljkovic in the net. Uh, Jacob Vrana was back. They signed Alex Cherson and uh, Sarnik was back. So they end up like being really good, and that just showed like our team can change so quickly. And for us, like like I said, like we kind of like have the same lineup since day one. Like I don't think, um more than 10 game play like a guy from texas played up there so i think that that make a big difference and uh for sure some nights we're like oh this team like are missing a bunch of players so 
let's stay ready but we kind of like know that sometimes it's kind of like um we know that we have a big advantage yeah exactly and you would and um yeah that's interesting i guess it works both ways if if teams send guys down for conditioning and stuff like that but we'll talk yeah. a little bit about texas like itself and your teammates in particular so who would you say is the funniest guy on the team um there's a couple of funny guy i will say uh Nick Camano was injured at the start of the year and uh now he's back around the team and I don't know every time he's talking I'm just laughing he's so funny. I have heard that he's an OHL guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he was on he was on Hamilton and Flint. I was just thinking we should get him on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh next, who's the locker room DJ? Oh. He's uh it depends like He's my roommate here, so I'm living with Thomas Arley. Oh, okay. And oh. Uh, um, he sometimes is the DJ, DJ before the game, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of his music. <laughs> um, but uh, he's playing more country, but I will say him and Ryan Shea. Shea. Yeah, Ryan. Okay. Is he going country before a game? Yeah, sometimes. He's uh, him and Ben Deason are playing mm-hmm. some. But you know what? You guys are in Texas, so it's like pretty yeah. acceptable there. Yeah, I know, but not before a game, you know? Yeah. No, no it's a good point. Uh, best and worst chirper? Uh, I will go with uh, Antonio Stranger. He's a really good uh, chirper. Yeah, he like to go uh, go after the vet. And um, the worst one, Um, I don't know. I can tell you. Okay. Is has Stranges done anything like ridiculous this year with like Well, he his... just did that shootout move. Did yeah, you? It's going viral. Like, did you see well, it, Card? No, I haven't seen it yet, but, but like that's the thing. Like I haven't seen him like on the highlight tapes in a while, so I'm wondering where he's been. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just, he just did a nice shootout goal. Yeah, he's yeah. back on the highlight. He did that. You know how Cards remember he would always open his hips like all the way down the ice? Oh yeah. So he goes in on the shootout. It kind of looks funny. I'm not going to lie in the shootout because it's like, why are you doing a shoot? But it worked. So he, he's going in straight. And the next thing you know, he's going in sideways like on the guy. Yeah. And then he just goes like forehand, backhand shell. Yeah, but he did pretty- at like full speed. And I was like, okay, it's a little unnecessary. Like, but it looked cool at the end of the day and it, and it went and in. Works. So can't, can't complain. Yeah. He, he's real good at that stuff. So his edge works incredible. Um, Best dressed. Best dressed. Uh, you, I'm good, but uh, not as good as uh, I don't know some guys. We don't really have like uh, like a guy like I can tell like oh this guy like it's always like on point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, would you would you, okay different question? Would you say your style and like your clothing has gotten way better since going pro or since getting your signing money and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Like probably since I'm I'm 18, like I think my clothing style like went better. Um, so it's always easier when when you can get uh, some nice clothes. Um, but maybe like a guy like Strangers like wear mm-hmm. some, yeah. some where it's really nice. So um, yeah. Is there any guy on your team that you could see being a coach after hockey? Yeah, I think our captain Curtis McKenzie. Okay, just just leader, just a good guy keeps all the yeah, boys. Leader, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
And last one here on the on the stars and stuff. Uh, if you were stranded on an island with three other people from the Dallas Stars organization, so anyone you want, who would they be? That's a good question. Um, probably Tufty. Big guy. Uh, he's my roommate on the road. Uh, like being with him. After that, uh, probably Dooch. He's my only. Uh, so Justin Duchamp is the only other French guy around around the team. Okay, that makes uh, sense then. Yeah, and uh, the other one is probably Rally uh, Damiani. He's a guy like I hang out a lot with him. Yeah, former guest of the podcast as well, and yeah, yeah, he told me I t- I told him I was I was going on the podcast, and he told me uh he came uh, he came in the past. Yeah, yeah, he did. It was a good one. So he's he's a good dude. So that was uh that's good. Good pickings there. So we got a little this or that for you. So Rask, take yeah, it away. Yeah. So I'm gonna list two options, and you just pick which one you like. Perfect. All right. Black tape or white tape? White tape. Shoot first or pass first? Um, pass first probably. Okay, little hesitation, maybe a little. Little. I more. I I need to change it up a little bit. Um, used to pass a lot, but uh, I think I I gotta shoot more here. So, um, yeah. And for for the tape, uh, I put a little bit of black, like in before Christmas when I was trying to figure it out. But uh, now I'm back to to white. Okay. okay i also recently made the switch from black to white for the first time in my career by the way cards and now i'm using i'm using fat tape now yeah you use it for oh, the beer wow. league for just just for morning skate three on three <laughs> that's absurd <laughs> anyway um bar down or five hole five hole oh okay so then like cards he asked this one usually like are you are you like ripping a five hole or are you just like just a little deke and then slip at five hole? So I, I can score five hole, but like I rather see a nice five hole goal than a board on goal. Yeah. Okay. The, the, people don't understand how hard it is to do the five hole. I, I just feel like seeing like McDavid ripping at five hole or Matthews is it just like looks so easy, but at the same, same time, it's so hard. That's ridiculous. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you going big Sally after a goal or, or a quiet, humble Sally? Depends the moment. Um, <laughs> but right now, probably more quiet. Yeah. You ever pull out the heartbreaker? No. No, I put the, the two knee down last year in playoff. In oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Um, cardio or weights? Um, weights. Okay. Uh, chocolate or candy? Candy. Okay. Ice cream or milkshake? Ice cream. Okay. And last one, breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Um, probably dinner for breakfast. Nice. Like a, like a nice steak when you wake up a 16 ounce ribeye sitting on the plate. Um, I want to get into the fan questions now. So we got a few questions here before we let you go. So I'll get it started with our favorite and the most asked question ever. Uh, what's your stick and what's the specs on it? Uh, to be honest, I'm not a really good guy at it. So I'm, <laughs> I got the jet speed like 
paint right now. I'm guessing okay. I got the Jet Speed stick too. Um, I got the Mariano curve from the Bauer because Mariano didn't have this curve in the CCM. Got the like medium fat blade. Okay. And um, 80 flex. And I think that's it. But I'm still waiting for my uh, rip core because, uh, no, not trigger. Yeah, trigger because mm-hmm. I used to play with Bauer during my junior. I had to do a switch with CCM. So um, we'll probably change for the trigger. Yeah, that happens to a lot of guys because obviously yeah. you use whatever you want and then all of a sudden you got to use CCM and stuff like that. But just uh, make it easy on yourself. Go make the stars and then you can use whatever you want again. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you couldn't be a pro athlete, what would you be doing? Um, Probably working in finance. When I was young, I really liked the, the math, so the math stuff, so I was really good at it. So I think it was probably a thing that I will have like to, to do in the future. All right. That's that's like that's like the gotta be the first answer we've had in that like department we're asking. That's a yeah. good one. Smart answer. There's some money there. Um what what do you like to do in your free time? Um take a nap. I think that's the that's the, the best thing in the afternoon <laughs> after lunch, just taking a nap, nap on the couch. <laughs> like are you going movie on or are you just going to the couch with a mission that you're going for a nap uh, i'm going on a couch that i know i'm gonna fall asleep so i'm just scrolling to instagram yeah um fall asleep and uh wake up after that do dinner watch tv and uh yeah the the perfect pastime and nice yeah. nap. um what lessons did you learn as a person and uh, as a leader from winning a championship? I think it's, um, especially like as a leader, you kind of like have to put, um, put yourself still like worry about yourself and uh, playing good. But at the same time, like, you know, that if you put your priority at, at the good spot, like the, the team's going to play good. And it took me a while to understand that, um, and I think when I when I did last year after Christmas, I just felt like my game was way better, and at the same time the team was way way better. So I just felt like putting the team first. It's it's always easy to say like yeah, put the team first, but you kind of like need to uh, to learn how to do it. And I think that that's what I did in uh, in my junior, and that I kind of like figure it out at, at the end and help a lot. Yeah, that makes a di- big difference, not only for yourself, kind of frees you up as a player, but uh, also allows the team to have success. And that's another great point for for all the young listeners trying to make it. But uh, an interesting one here that we, we kind of have every week. How do you eat a cupcake? So, like, are you ripping the paper off? Or are you going top to bottom, bottom to top? Like, how do you go about it? Probably open in front and just take a bite on it. Like you're getting everything in there. You're getting some ice or some icing, some of the cupcake and the bottom, everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I like that. So Attack it from some, the side. Just go right yeah. at it. Have yeah. some contrast to it. So that that's that's a good one. And then uh and lastly, who's the funniest guy you've ever played with? Oh I had a couple of nice teammates, but the funniest guy. Um I will say uh Charles, Charles Baudouin. Uh played four years with him in junior and uh he made me laugh a lot. It's not like the funniest guy, but just with 
like I don't know with the stuff he do he's kind of like stupid a little bit so <laughs> he made me laugh so much in in my junior and that that's good you always have those one guys that uh and like we you talked about earlier you got your groups and stuff and one of those guys just a good guy makes you laugh a lot but uh yeah. I, I I got a question too obviously so you go to the world juniors it gets canceled and then you don't play in the summer and they they end up winning gold does that weigh on you at all like were you disappointed that you couldn't go to it and stuff like that or were you just like okay i've had enough hockey for now i need to reset um i think if my body was ready to go and i felt ready and i didn't go maybe i will i feel like bad about myself or stuff like that but um i and still like still today like i still know that i was not ready at all to to go there and put myself in a position where i can perform and um i kind of like knew that if i was going there um like i said i was not ready i was not even ready for the start of the season so um i was i was happy for the boys to to win the the gold medal but at the same time my my dream as a kid to wear the maple leaf at at the um, wear the leaf at the at the world junior and um made it the team Canada. I think I did it at Christmas even if my tournament got cancelled. So um I don't regret it at all because like I said that uh, I know I will I was not ready at all to go there. Yeah, exactly. And it it goes to show too you can uh you always have you always have the fact that you, you did get your two games like or I don't know did you got two games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah two games like the whole experience and stuff like that. It was terrible how it went down, but uh, unfortunate that you weren't ready to go during the summer, but uh, very valid after you played hockey for like what must've felt like a year straight. Yeah. And then if you, if you hadn't tried to play that too, it would have just even messed you up even more for this first pro season, which just isn't and worth I, it either. And I think I like example before Christmas, I was, I was still not like, yeah, where, where I, I want to be. And I will have probably put, put the fault on world junior you know mm-hmm. uh, so i think it was the the best decision for me because i think as of today it kind of like start start paying off right now right yeah things are coming around and it, it's good to see in your game because it uh it does happen to a lot of young guys trying to make the pro jump and you'll yeah. find your footing and uh, we'll be watching you here with the stars and the in the next couple months, I'm sure. So I just want to say thank you from us. That's all we have. Great to talk to you again and catch up. So it's good to hear from you and Rask. Yeah. Just appreciate you taking the time. Super nice to to meet you and chat with you. Um, and yeah, just like Cardi said, like we're, we're wishing you luck in this season. Hopefully you work your way to a call up and, and make it soon. And uh, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on you. So thanks for taking the time and doing this. Yeah, thanks, boys. And we want to thank Mav for that one. Um, obviously, I thought it was great. Uh, it, his English has come a long way since uh, since the last time I saw him back when we were only sixteen years old. So that was uh, that was funny too. And uh, no, it was good, Ross. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, his English has also come a long way since the one brief conversation I had in Hamilton, where he just goes Maverick. <laughs> yeah i remember he did that at the at the u17 to everyone too everyone come on he'd be like maverick and, and so how you doing 
just give him a nod or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, he, he spoke great. He was, and honestly, he was a great interview. I know some some people who speak French first are, are a little nervous to come on, um, like English podcasts, really, because they're scared of the way they might sound or whatever it is. But he spoke great. And honestly, if he's getting into pro hockey like he is, he's going to be doing this for a long time to come. So it's good that he uh, did that. And we're, we're very appreciative of having him on. Um, we got some videos to react to. I'm going to throw them on the screen here. I'll, I'll share my screen. I want to show this one, this Bedard goal, which everybody I'm sure saw from the world juniors where he's coming down the line. Yeah. We got to describe it. Whoa. It's kind of loud. Um, I'll do my best to describe for the audio listeners, but coming down the line, you've seen this clip. Bedard rips it over the shoulder of the goalie. Yeah, and he finds that window that's just so small, and not many guys can do that. <laughs> what a shot. Um, weirdly enough, I've seen a similar shot to that. I, I believe it was in this Ottawa game, right, Cards? I do believe that something similar may have happened, although I'm not going to say that I am as good as Bedard. But I guess sometimes you get lucky and you can find a hole in the net. And man, I was honestly running like, that I'm, back. I'm so basically I, for the for the audio listeners, I beat out an icing and I get the puck and I'm kind of like in no man's land, um, just shy of the just just short of the goal line, and the puck pops out to me and I'm like, okay, like there's only one place in the net that this can really go and it's like short side bunk, <laughs> um, and there's no other option. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a slap shot somewhere in that area and hopefully it goes in and sure enough the one out of a hundred shot kind of found at the back of the net and i looked like a genius but uh yeah i mean gotta gotta, gotta take the bounces where you can get them that one was sweet uh this one another clip everybody has seen of connor bedard going one on three in overtime in the quarterfinals to win it for canada and just to think that during an overtime period of this magnitude with everything on the line, you're playing against a team that you should beat and it ends up going to OT. And for him to be able to dance two guys, one being a second overall pick to the NHL, I'm pretty sure. Was that not Nemich that he dangles? Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. And then to undress the goalie like that and then throw the heartbreaker uh, celebration. Oh, the celebration was so sick. So the kid is absolutely insane as we talked about in the, in the show. Yeah. Now we got two more clips. We got some cardsy goals to, to look at and react to here. And we were just talking about good bounces. I was saying sometimes you get a good bounce. And I mean, I don't think bounces get any better than that one there. That's, uh, that's sometimes the beauty of playing at the, uh, at the Harry Lumley Bayshore uh, Community <laughs> Center there in Owenstown. A lot of people hate it because the boards are so firm and stuff, but uh, sometimes it bounces your way because the pucks are lively off the end wall there. And sure enough, I was lucky enough to find that one and bury it. Yeah, that's a good good goal. Right spot, right time. Um, now we got one more here from the game against Guelph. There you go, cards. Oh yeah, yeah. No, take them how you can get them. I mean, it seems like the trend is a little bit of luck in my game here, but uh, no, 
I mean, you can't score if you don't shoot. So I think I kind of just walked over the line um, and said, you know what, I might as well have a shooting mindset, get it on the net early, test this goalie. And sure enough, got lucky with a squeaker and found the back of the net. So That's yeah, how we shoot. I mean, yeah, we shoot to score. And uh, yeah, if, if you want to learn how to do that, uh, don't watch me necessarily. Go watch Bedard because, wow, those goals were incredible. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're thinking of uh, continuing on with some videos to react to at the end of most of the episodes. So maybe keep an eye on that. If, if you like it, let us know. Switch to YouTube, pump the YouTube views, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Um, that's kind of all I have here. Cards, anything you want to? say or take it away here wrap it up no i'm gonna rush this ending because i'm actually at my buddies and i had a brain fart that uh that we were doing the pod tonight finishing it up so my phone's at two percent right now so i'm gonna go run and get that on a charger if i can but uh you know what my phone will always stay alive for the pod and it just showed that it went this whole episode on 10 percent. so just an absolute beast out of the iphone 13 mini there and uh no, with that being said, it's a uh, it's a beautiful time of year. We're getting uh, getting some snowfall, getting some rain, getting some slush. Who doesn't love a good slush all in their car and in their boots and stuff like that? So it's wonderful. And uh, Rask, you guys are back at her. The Colts are looking forward to a big second half. The deadline's behind us, and it's only good days ahead. So with that being said, we'll sign off from this week.